Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at right now. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all tune into another Camper Chronicle production. And this right here, this is the Bringing the Wood podcast. And I'm your host, D Wood. Y'all know what it is. It is a fuck work Friday. Hey, it's feeling good, but obviously I'm here at work. But I have fun with what I do. But still, I do the least amount of work possible on a Friday. So happy fuck work Friday to y'all out there that's at work, listening to this right now. Wherever you at, tune in. If you at work, you already know, man. Don't do too much. Happy Friday. But, uh, man, y'all know this is the Bring the Wood podcast, and I'm your boy, D. Wood. No big Che, man. Told you he worked for the government. So, uh, you know, when they offer you when they offer you overtime, they ain't offering it to you. They just letting you know you got it. So that's how that works. But y'all already know. Y'all know I'm in here. P.O.P. I'm going to hold it down. But, yeah, no, it's still going to be a, a, a very good show. I still got a lot of things to talk about. It's going to be fun. Um, it's, 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 it's been a lot happening. So, you know, I'm going to go over a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm going to start with college football. I'm going to probably just do a through-and-through show. So it'll just probably be just one one smooth show and with, with, no, with no interruptions because it's just your boy, so I'm going to rock out. But um, we'll talk about in college. I'm going to just get straight into it. We're going to start with college, and then I'll finish with the NFL because, you know, it's about to get real funky uh in the nfl but college is uh you know coming to an end but some of this college stuff connects to the nfl as well but we'll start with with my with, with a with a real fun one uh chad ochocinco johnson is now the athletic ambassador and consultant at uh famu which is uh uh florida a&m university which is uh, hbcu um for you that don't know and uh you know and to me when i read it it, to me, it just sounded like, man, he the swag coach. Like, you know what I'm saying? He going to be overall, you know, he going to look out for all the sports, take care of all the sports, make sure everybody look right. And I ain't saying it in that sense. But, like, the consultant, he going to be helping try to get deals and partners to to get this school popping. Like, you feel me? And I think this is dope. This is somebody who's still – uh, obviously, you listen to any of his interviews, he got money, so he'll definitely to be able to help with the school and funding. And I'm pretty sure he's going to come out of his own pocket – and um uh and Big Che was telling me off the air the other day when I was telling him about this, uh he said that uh Chad uh Chad's mom and sister went to FAMU, so that's why he's got a real connect or his grandma and his mom went to FAMU, so he's got a real connection with the school. And that's why he always rocks the gear. If you've ever seen him out or on TV, he'd be wearing a lot of FAMU gear. Like so he's always been a fan. So now he's actually in there and getting paid to help them. And this just is one more notch to help out the HBCUs and help get more notoriety to them. Now you're going to want to tune in to watch FAMU because, you know, they finna come with the swag unis and, you know, Chad going to have all the sports teams right now. And this is just another recruiting tool to get people to come here. And I think it's big. Um, shout out to Chad for doing this. I think this is going to be super dope. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, man, yeah, yeah. Shout out to to, to Chad, Big Ocho, uh, for um, taking that on and um, getting ready to just continue to help. Put on for the HBCU one year at a time, man. It take time, but, but it's going to slowly but surely – Make that make that bubble that we want and just shout out to everybody contributing and still supporting. So now everybody go support fam you now, you know, if you already wasn't. So yeah, yeah. Um and now we're gonna get over to uh, I wanna get over to Coach Saving. Um as y'all know, I'll transition into the combine as well. This is transitioning into combine talk because I want to talk about some players from the combine. But I do want to talk about Nick Saban. Um he had gave a quote uh the other day because you know everybody was talking about Bryce Young. And his size, he ended up weighing in 5'10 and, and, and an eighth and 204 pounds. And, you know, and he didn't throw or he didn't do any of the measurables, he didn't do anything at the combine. A lot of people believe, including myself, I truly believe, because 
he wasn't going to be used to that weight. He probably was he probably had to put a lot on to make that weight. So eat a lot. So I definitely think, you know, he wasn't going to really perform at his highest. Um, you know what I'm saying? If he would have went out there, but I do think he's going to kill it at his pro day. I do think he's uh, the best quarterback in the draft, but uh, I do want to, I, cause I want to get into Saban's quote because Saban, you know, Saban always taking shots, talks his trash, but, um, he basically uh, said, we've all seen the 6'4", 225-pound guy that could throw it like a bazooka, but he can't make the choices and the decisions. He can't distribute the ball. He can't throw it accuracy. He can't throw it accurately. So who's a better bet? I'm going on history, production, performance. Bryce Young does it better than about – does it – has done it as well as about anybody. And, again, he weighed in at 5'10", 204, and everybody's concern is – is that he, um, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll get hurt. And obviously, we see what happened to Kyler Murray with Tua and obviously these guys like that. And um, even Drew Brees earlier in his career. So, but again, some of these guys are still successful too. But it's just the the, the risk, you know. But I, again, I think he's the best quarterback. I'll take him. It's, 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 it's a risk, but if you put him in a good situation and you take care of your quarterback, put a scheme around him, um, I don't think the size will really matter. And I don't, and I ain't gonna front. He, you know, I'm not sure if he'll actually play at 204. We'll see, but only time will tell. But um, definitely, Nick Saban was taking a shot, nevertheless. You, if you can guess what quarterback he was talking about, 6'4, 225, throw like a bazooka, but can't make the choices and the decisions. And you know, Nick Saban stand by that because, you know, he got a team that could back it up. So I definitely thought that was uh, rather, rather interesting for real. Um, Saban always got a, a, a choice of words when he goes out there. And obviously, you know, he's he got a bunch of quotables out there. You heard him get at uh, Jim, uh, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M uh, earlier this year. You know, so that's what he does. And he doesn't care because, like you said, he got a squad he's going to walk out there who he feels like can compete with anybody on any given Saturday. So <laughs> Saban, Saban's taking shots at players that ain't even on, taking shots at players that ain't even in college no more. And, you know, like I said, if you, if you don't like it, do something. But it definitely was something I had to talk about because, again, he didn't perform at the Combine. The Combine had a lot of other guys that you could have um, you could have watched if, if even though Bryce Young didn't perform. And, uh, you know, he didn't uh, work out at the Combine. But, again, um, for the people that did watch the Combine, it was some, it was some talented players out, out there. Obviously, the big name guys that we already know that, um, you know, that we already know the, the, the Anthony Richardson's, Bryce Young, of course, CJ Stroud, uh, Will Levis, those guys, um, the big name dudes that are at the top of the draft, the Will Andersons, Jalen Carter, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the guys like that. But if you watch the combine, man, it was a lot of guys who made themselves some money, uh, increased their draft stock and all kind of stuff. And I definitely, Noted a few players because I definitely wanted to show uh, you guys the people that didn't get to really see the combine or maybe watch the combine and didn't really notice that guy was doing that. Or, you know, you, you just really watch the combine for the 40. But um, it was some guys that performed well. One guy that we do know already, I'm, I'm going to go position by position. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to start on offense and I'm going to go to defense and I'm going to just shoot out about probably two guys, uh, maybe two to three guys at every position that really impressed me with their not only their workouts but what what they did on the field as well with just the drills and the way they looked and the first one was rather surprising because 
I, 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 like I said, I, I'm one of those dudes who doesn't mind, um, you know, if, if I make a mistake. I might even make a mistake, but, you know, if I say something and I feel like somebody like may have just proved me wrong, I can I can say that. And I said earlier that Stinson, Stinson Bennett and Max Duggan was going to go undrafted. And I said that earlier, and it's still possible, but Stinson Bennett performed. Max Duggan did all right at the combine, but Stinson Bennett – Performed really, really well at the combine. Obviously, smaller quarterback as well. He measured in at 5'11", 192 pounds, so the size is a concern. Um, but he ran 4'6", which was one of the tops. Was was the top 10 time out of all quarterbacks. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 1.59 split, vertical jump 33, um, with a broad jump of 9'10". Nine, uh, and he, he really impressed on the field. He really uh, caught my eye on the field for real. Uh, he looked real good. He threw a very catchable ball. And um, he made he made all the throws. I don't think he had a ball hit the ground the whole day. And uh, I could go back and watch again to see, but he definitely impressed me, and I was I was rather surprised. And I was like, if teams are watching, you know, he definitely maybe could be, especially with the uh, and he has. And the thing is, he's an older guy. He's an older older quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So that's already a thing, which means he's got more experience and he's played a lot of games. Two time national champion, so you know what I'm saying. He's played a lot of football. And what we just seen Purdy do and and even Skylar Thompson to a certain extent. And, you know, the backup position is a, is a position of need now. So this guy could potentially maybe get a late round sixth, seventh round pick um, and, and get a chance to make a roster. But he definitely impressed me. Um, and he was running to really like one of the only quarterbacks. Other than some other guys who tested well during Thompson Robinson and things like that. But I'll, I'll watch those guys pro days and I'll, I'll see how, 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 how better they've got from there to now. Um, but then I'm going to get to the running backs because that, that I'm going to go straight to running backs. And one running back that stood out was Chase Brown from Illinois. You know, he's a twin. And, uh, he has a, a brother as well who also uh, performed really well, who I'll talk about as well later on. But uh, Chase Brown out of Illinois, 5'9", uh, 2'09", um, very 4'4", 3", tested really, really well, 25 reps on the bench, strong running back. So he's a very physical runner. He, he definitely he definitely did his thing, man, and uh, he he impressed me. And I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be maybe even a, a second to third round pick. I'm gonna say a third rounder. And I think he can he can go out and really like a Damian Pierce. How Damian Pierce what third round fourth round pick for the Texans and he was a starting running back. I think Chase Brown has that type of ability. He showed it. And if you go watch the film, he transferred in from uh, Western Michigan. Western Michigan. He was uh, his, uh, his twin brother was already there. But he transferred in. So um, when he got there, he, he, he definitely impressed. And um, he, he definitely showed up at the combine. He looked good. And, again, uh, Illinois played well this year. They were actually ranked for a nice time, competed for uh, a Big Ten championship. So um, I definitely think this kid can go, like I said, third-round pick, maybe even slip in the fourth because of how, you know, how they devalue the running back. But this kid could be in uh, every down back for you. Catches the ball pretty well out the backfield as well. Again, 5'9", 209. Uh, remember the name Chase Brown uh, as a twin uh, from Canada up top. Um, but uh, the kids can play, bro. He's a really good physical runner as well. Runs between the tackle, has breakaway speed as well. Like I said, four four three speed. I think he can be, a, a, like I said, a third-round pick and make, make a roster on the team. He really impressed me. And then another guy that I actually got to watch play, I didn't even know he was coming out because he's only a junior, and I didn't think he was coming out just because of the running back depth in this draft. But uh, Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina, um, I only seen this dude probably play like twice, and I was actually watching for their quarterback. They got a quarterback who probably goes undrafted. 
Uh, his name is like Alaris. I can't think of his first name right now. But uh, Keaton Mitchell, uh, 5'8", 179. Really, really a smaller back, but 437 uh, at the uh, on 40 time. 38-inch vertical, 10-6 broad jump. Um, and he led the uh he led college football in 10 plus yard runs in 2022. And uh he's a again, he's a very explosive kid, one cut. Again, the size is kind of the problem, but he has he he has uh angle speed. He runs away from angles, and I watched that in about two games. He had a game where he rushed for 200 yards, 200, 200 plus yards. And um, I think he's a really good guy. Obviously, he 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 gets outside a lot, and that could be a knack on him, but uh, yeah, he's second team All American, sixteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns last season, and twelve starts. Also, like I said, twenty seven catches out the backfield, uh, two hundred and forty yards with another three scores, which was fourth for all, for running backs in college. So again, he's a smaller guy, but he could be you a, a if you already got you a big physical back. This is the kid you could get in the later rounds, maybe fourth or fifth round. Change the pace back again. Uh, the size is a concern, but again, with everybody using two and three backs, I think he can help out. And help out a lot. He has home run ability. Um, not as small as Darren Sproles, but like, you know what I'm saying? Darren Sproles like capability. So I definitely think this kid has potential. So he definitely showed it. Like I said, I've seen him play two times this year. I didn't think he was coming out because he was a junior, but hey, you strike while the iron's hot. So I definitely will say that. Now to the receivers. Um, Matt Landers from Arkansas. Man, he caught my eye with the 40. And, um, again, I watched Arkansas. He didn't really pop out in the Arkansas games because I, I like uh, K.J. Jefferson. So I was already uh, – uh, that's the quarterback for Arkansas. I'm a fan of him. So I watched a lot of Arkansas games. And I really seen the other receiver that's coming out. I want to say his name is Norwood. That's the guy I really seen popping out in the Arkansas games. I really didn't see this guy. But when you go out there and run a 4-3-7, you, you jump vertical 37 and you broad jump 10-10, yeah, you'll catch my attention real good. 6-4, 200 pounds. I was like, all right. He caught my attention. He looks fluid out there, and this is why I didn't know anything about him. He spent his first four seasons at Georgia. Um, he only had 12 catches. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then he had a season at Toledo, and it was subpar. And then he transferred to Arkansas in 2022. And he still really, like, ain't do too much at Arkansas. But, again, by the measurables, the size – he could be a late-round guy. This is a guy that you definitely can get on your team and put him on special teams instantly. He can run down and tackle. He showed that uh, He showed that at Arkansas when I went to go look up some highlights of him. It was some special teams plays, so the guy's going to be willing to play special teams and maybe a developmental guy. But, like, one of those things you can't coach is height and size. And 6'4", 200 pounds, running a 4'3", yeah, you can't – there ain't too many of those walking around. So you definitely want to get a guy like that on your team. Like I said, maybe a six-round pick. Seventh round pick, you know what I'm saying? Depending on who's available, what your boy look like. And I think that's a guy, if you got a good receiver coach and some receivers that can help him develop, yeah, that's a guy you might want to take a chance on and put him on your roster. And then um, another another guy that didn't have uh, great numbers when I went and looked it up. But then when you go look up some other guys that went to this school that are pro bowlers and all pros from this, pro bowlers and all pro players from this school, they stats wasn't really that good. So this is Jonathan Mingo. He went to Ole Miss, and we know DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, uh, Elijah Moore. Um, there's a few other guys that went to Ole Miss, but again, those are just some of the most recent guys from Ole Miss. They all play receiver. They're just producing these guys at a high rate right now. And Jonathan Mingo, oh, he fits the bill. 6'2", 220 pounds. You've seen him at the combine, rocked up uh, like an action figure. You know what I'm saying? 
it ran four four six vertical jump 39 and a half broad jump 10 9 and put up 22 reps on the bench to let you know that he does bully little dbs and uh again yeah, he's a he's a big physical he played a lot of slot receiver he kind of reminded me of anquan Bowden because again he ran a faster four-year than i thought on, on he doesn't run that fast but again he does a lot of underneath stuff it's it's kind of like aj brown though it's like that type of guy but he's more of a of a slot slot so i, I he looked like anquan Bowden when i was watching him and i watched like a game and then you watch some highlights so you watch a game and then you watch some highlights and you kind of evaluate like that you know and if it's a little bit more if you really enjoy it you just watch more but um, yeah, he kind of gave me Anquan Bolden vibes. Uh, and Anquan Bolden obviously was a very, very good receiver in this league for a long time. But again, big, physical. He can run routes, very good route runner. And the run after the catch is, is what it is. I think he can be maybe, maybe a third round, second round. Like I said, I'm trying to show later round guys. We know the top guys. We know the top guys at all the positions. So I'm trying to get later round guys that you might have not seen play that much in college this year because their team probably wasn't that good or they weren't the best player on their team. So these are just some guys we're going to see in the later rounds that names you. Oh, Nick Will's talking about them. Oh, they was talking about, oh, they say he might be good. Oh, I'm glad he drafted to my team. So it's just a heads up. Um, But, yeah, I definitely think he he's going to be a really good guy. I think he he's going to come in and be physical. And I think just with some development, again, bro, just like all the other Ole Miss receivers in the league, he can become a very good receiver in the league uh, very quickly if put into the right hands. And then tight ends, um, y'all know I've been talking about all the, the, the Michael Meyer and Dalton Kincaid as, as the top guys. But Darnell Washington from Georgia, uh, he he showed out from his 40 to his measurables to the way he looked on the field. And then obviously he had the viral one-hand catch. But uh, he he definitely impressed me. He was very, very fluid in drills. He ran well. Uh, and, and and him out there on the field is what I really wanted to see because, again, at Georgia, he was much, much more of a blocking tight end, which I'm not knocking. Trust me. I prefer tight ends that can still put their hand in the dirt. Or even if you don't put your hand in the dirt, still put your hands on somebody and move them if needed to be. Um, but he he definitely meets the part. And, again, he blocks better than – I ain't going to say better than he can receive because the receiving is just a question mark because – Georgia has an all-world all, all tight end who will be the first tight end taken in next year's draft in Brock Bowers. But six foot seven, 264 pounds, runs 464, vertical jumps 31, put up 21 reps on the bench with a 10-2 broad jump. Again, this, this kid, oh, he, he's humongous. And I think this guy, again, I think he should be maybe a second or third round pick. But don't be surprised if somebody take this man in the back of the back end of the first round because he gives again only guy I, I I thought I could compare him to was Mercedes Lewis and that was because Mercedes Lewis blocks and he blocks like an offensive lineman and if you see that's why he's still on the Packers right now because he's literally an extra offensive lineman and Darnell Washington blocks like an offensive lineman but he showed he has receiving tight end capability for the skill set he showed at the combine. And he made a couple good plays at Georgia, but he never really got to do a lot. Like I said, he's a lot of a blocker. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took a first-round flyer on him. I hope they don't because I would love for my Titans to take him in the second round. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if, he, if, he, goes, if he goes in the back end of the first round because, again, you can't coach 6'4", 260, and we know he blocks already. And we know he can catch the football. He didn't have a – I think he only had like maybe two or three drops at Georgia. So I think this kid's going to to really impress people. And um, 
man, yeah, don't don't be surprised. But uh, again, I think he's more of a second, third round pick with some developmental upside. But again, the combine was so impressive. It was so impressive. But yeah, Darnell Washington out of Georgia will be will be a, a very uh, interesting player going into a draft weekend. And then my other tight end is Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Uh, he only played in two games this year. He hurt, like broke his kneecap two games in this year. Uh, but he tested really well. And again, six foot six, two hundred and fifty three pounds. And he played a little bit of everything. And that's why I kind of know who he was. He played quarterback for them for a little bit at Oregon State. Then he played running back, fullback, H back. Excuse me. Found a home at tight end. I want to say like his junior year, going to the end of his junior year, he found a role at tight end. And he kind of just played on it from there. Uh, four six, one forty, thirty six inch vertical, ten five broad jump. And uh, he'll bench at his pro day. He didn't bench, but I like to see tight ends bench because, again, I like tight ends that can be people movers as well. But um, he definitely uh, looked really well. And, again, he's got family uh, lineage. Uh, his, uh, you feel me? He, he's the nephew of uh, Bill Musgrave. Uh, his father is Doug, played quarterback two years at Oregon. So uh, this guy's got some bloodline. Uh, played 12 games as a true freshman. Then he played three, seven games the following year. So – uh, a little bit of injuries, but again, every time he plays, he makes plays. And then this year, we expected him to have a big year. I thought he would have been, if he could have played well, they maybe would have been talking about him being a late first-round pick because he played so well at the end of his junior year. But again, the knee injury. But he ended up running really well, so the knee doesn't seem like a problem, and he looks fluid in his drill. So I do think Luke Musgrave can be like a third-round, fourth-round pick at tight end that you could potentially have as a tight end two in your rookie, as a rookie, and be your tight end two. So... Uh, Luke Musgrave is definitely one of those guys that I think can be a third, fourth round pick for you tight end. And uh, if you need you another tight end or even a tight end that you can develop into being a one in the right hands, um, he's, he's definitely the guy, Luke Musgrave, out of Oregon State. Uh, I didn't do the big Hawk Mollies, so there ain't no knock on them. But we kind of know who the cream of the crop is. And uh, it was some guys who ran well, but, man, my offensive line ain't got to run well, man. You just got blocked good. So <laughs> that was just kind of how I felt about that. But we're going to the defense, and obviously we're going to do big hoggies on the D-line because there are some impressive guys, obviously headlined by the guys I spoke of earlier. But, um, again, we're talking about some guys who made themselves some money, moved their draft stock up. And the first guy I'm going to go with is a defensive end or edge rusher. I ain't going to say a defensive end, edge player. This is a guy who can play on the edge, 4-3 DN, 3-4 outside linebacker, sub linebacker, pass rusher, I mean sub, sub package pass rusher, guys like that. And the first one I'm going to go with is Brian Young from Tennessee. And I got to see Brian Young play a lot this year as a fan of Herndon Hooker. So um, I definitely got to watch him play a lot. And he made a lot of plays for Tennessee, and it makes a lot of sense now when you put – when you put the, the tape on the field with the combined numbers, like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to be good. And six foot two, 250 pounds, uh, 32 inch arms, big physical specimen, uh, ran a 4-4-3, 38 inch vertical, 11 inch broad jump. He jumped better than some of the running backs I talked about earlier. Um, and he also put up 22 reps at the bench. And again, um, very long player, not super long, but long armed. And uh, very strong and explosive off the edge. Uh, very disruptive. Very, very disruptive player. And uh, he, can, he might not be a high sack guy, but he can definitely get you eight or nine sacks, 
know what I'm saying, and disrupt it. And then if he can develop and add some some pass rush moves, you, you know you never know. But I definitely think with a 4-4 coming off that edge, you know you're going to be able to cause havoc. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to put that in the right defensive coach's hands, defensive line coach, and let them mold them up an animal. But uh, you can't coach speed. Again, uh, he's a little small, so it'll be – that's why I say you might want to have him sub-packages early so we can see how he works on his run fits. But I definitely think the guy has some potential. Um, and then another guy is Caleb Murley. Caleb Murphy from Ferris State. Uh, Ferris State is a Division II school, um, and they're two-time national champion at the Division II level the last two years. He's been there all those years, and he's been a dominating player. Um, six foot three, two hundred and fifty-four pounds. Uh, ran a four-eight. Obviously, that really doesn't matter. But again, twenty-eight inch vertical, nine, 10 inch broad jump, which is very good. And a four-four-five in the twenty-yard shuttle, which shows he has short, short area quickness. But thing about him is, uh, when you come from smaller schools, I always say when you and I, I obviously you hear other analysts say this as well. When you come from a smaller school, you got to stand out. That's how you even get seen. You got to stand out out the gate. And this guy stood out. Um, and he he had 40 sacks and 60 and a half tackles for loss in the last two years. And he led the country in sacks last season, his senior year, with 25. And it's a record. It's the record on any level. So, again, production is high. He dominated at this level. Those are things you want to see at guys that go to these smaller schools and, you know, these smaller colleges. You want to see them dominate. And he did that at a high, high level. And um, I definitely think this guy w is going to be a, a a force. I think with the right coaching, um, you know, take a little development, work him into some sub packages. He can help stop in the run, too. So just have him in some, have some packages for him to get his feet wet, to learn how the league is. Because, again, he's going to have to adjust. These guys are bigger, stronger, faster than the guys he ever played with. And then he was at the East-West Shrine game. And he wasn't. He didn't wow me at the East and West run game, but he made a couple plays. But you know, some of those, some of those Division One dudes got him. But he made some adjustments and he got some of them. So it, it just comes with, uh, you know, the right coaching and him as a person, his work ethic. You know, what I'm saying his will to want to to be great. But I think uh, Caleb Murphy could, from Fair State, could be a fourth, fifth round pick, maybe even a third round pick, if your team is comfortable enough. You know, what I'm saying with him and got the right scheme around him and, and can develop him. But I definitely think he could help out right away. Um, and then we're going to go to defensive tackles. And obviously this, this guy stood out right off the gate when he ran a 40. Uh, Kalaja Canty out of pit, uh, rare shirt junior, 6'1", 281 pounds, ran a 4'6", 7", bro, at 281 pounds. This man was moving. He ran that, and then he just didn't do nothing else. He did on-the-field drills, so he was he was cool. He did the on-the-field drills. But I'm saying he didn't do any lift, did none of that. He'll do it all at his pro day. But when you run a flurry like that, you just leave the people wondering. Tell them to go put the tape on so they can see what you did. And that's exactly what I did, and I went to go look up his numbers. Um, and he played in 11 games uh, in, 2020, in the 2020 season, uh, and he started the Final Four, and he ended up with a sack and a half. And then – um, he had his breakout season. Uh, what year is this? His what does that say? Is yep, junior year. Uh, all first team all ACC honors. Uh, thirteen tackles for a loss, seven sacks, and thirty five total tackles. And then 
He went all, first team All American and ACC Defensive Player of the Year as a junior as well, and then the finalist for the Nagurski Award. 14 tackles for a loss, seven and a half sacks, and 11 starts. And when you get in, you know, when you have a season like that, again, you strike while the iron's hot. And, um, yeah, great combine number. I think he's going to, uh, going to be, uh, again, again, mid to late round pick. This guy could probably go fourth round. I think a lot of these guys are going to get, you know, upped up. You know what I'm saying? Could get, could get juiced up a little bit higher because that's just how the draft goes. You know what I'm saying? When people do do abnormal things, you want to grab those guys before somebody else would. So that's just kind of how that happens. But um, he's definitely a player of interest. And, again, performed well. Wasn't All-American. So uh, and a defensive player of the year this year. So he definitely could potentially be a back-end first-round pick. But I think this guy, again, late second-round pick is what I was looking at before the combine numbers, maybe mid to late second. But, again, when you put numbers like this and then it matches the field production, Stock Karaj, so this guy could end up being a first-round draft pick as well. You know that teams get greedy, get thirsty, and it could be a hit or a miss. It's still a gamble, but, hey, gambles pay off. So he's definitely a, a player to to watch for. And then uh, another uh, Edge player, Owen Popo from Auburn, six foot, 225, obviously on the smaller side. Not an edge player, my apologies. This is a, a middle backer, a hybrid. It's going to be one of them sub package backers. You know, the new linebackers now, and but 230, 235. It's a lot smaller than what they used to be, but they're a lot faster than what they used to be. And again, this guy at 225, 6'2, 225, ran 4'3'9, uh, with a 10'6 ball jump, and again, put up 29 reps at the bench. So this kid's a thumper. I wouldn't put on tape. He covers running backs out the backfield, he can cover tight ends. And he can blitz. Um, again, I, I think he can be a second-round pick. Um, Comp-wise, only because his 40-time was so fast, would be like Devin White. But again, he, I'm not calling him Devin White. I'm saying comp. With his combine numbers, height, weight, what he looked like, he that's that will be the comp. But numbers are not like Devin White's. So I wouldn't say that at all. If you look at the numbers, the numbers weren't like that. Again, you could say he's undersized. But when you look at the product, you look at him, the player, you see the bench reps, he going to be all right. And then a lot of these teams, you know, the league is a much smaller. A lot of these alignments are smaller. And then some teams play with bigger D linemen to put faster linebackers and smaller linebackers in better positions to make plays. So I definitely think this guy has uh, NFL starter potential. But I think he'll come in and just be like a hybrid player playing some packages. And if you can, you know, adapt to the NFL because that's what it's about when you're in this third rounds and seconds and third round picks. It's like you got to just develop that over time. I'm expecting you to be a starter, just not right away. So if he can, if he can show that, then I think he'll, um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be a very good player for somebody. And uh, again, he's a middle linebacker hybrid, you know, one of these newer ones. And then the other one I got, which is, I was so happy he performed well at the combine because he impressed me this year. And he stood out on the team that had a surprising year. And that's D. Winter from TCU. Um, he played middle linebacker for them. He wore number 11. He was a baller. And I thought he was was going to measure in small. And he's definitely on the smaller side, 5'11", 227 pounds. But, again, 31-inch arms, very long arms, uh, small hands, but long arms. So, hey, we'll take it. But, again, 4'4", 30-inch uh, vertical, and a 9'9 broad jump. Um, and, again, 
he went first team all conference in the Big 12. Obviously, the Big 12 don't play defense, but hey, it's a few players that do. That's why they made the national championship. And he was one of the main reasons why. And again, they run that wild 3-3-5 defense. So again, he has to be able to help in the run and cover in the pass and blitz. And I think in the right scheme, in the right fit, he can be a very good player for somebody. Um, kind of like David Long, like for the Titans, our guy David Long, he's about 5'11", maybe 225, 230 on a good day. But he's small, he's fast, he's, but he's a, a firecracker is what I want to say. And he hits, he's, he can cover, um, and he's sideline to sideline. So I do think there is a home for D. Winters somewhere on somebody's team. And again, the kid uh, played well and took his, not took his team, but was a key cog on the defense to a national championship team. So D. Winters, TCU linebacker. He going to make somebody roster and he should, he should have, make somebody a happy organization. Now we get to the fun positions. We get to the DBs. Now, these dudes just get honorable mention because they both made themselves some money by their 40 times and they on the field drills. And then when you go put on some tape, they had some big, uh, good games against Ohio State and Michigan, even though they lost. And that is Corey Barnett and Deontay Banks, both Maryland corners, ran 4-3-0 and a 4-3-5. I ain't going to get into them because they're not the guys I'm talking about, but they got honorable mention just because they both tested really well and had incredible on-the-field drills. I think those dudes made themselves some money uh, as well. And it, it's going to be a run on corners between the second and third round because once the corners start getting drafted, they're going to just start going because this is, a, this, is a, this is a cornerback league. You need corners to cover because these receivers and these offenses are getting better. So I do think those guys are going to, to uh, make, a, make, a, make a run. But the guys I want to talk about, and again, initially I had these guys pegged in the second, third round picks. This dude was a second round pick, I thought, because his size, but he tested well. His production is like I, I'm, I would take him in the first round. And it's Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, six foot one, and he's super small, 166 pounds, but again, 32 inch arms. The kid is just a baller. That's all I can say. He's a baller. Uh, SEC freshman All-American uh, had five. Listen, this is his freshman year. <laughs> Third in college football with five interceptions and returned three of them. That's his freshman year with, a, with 44 tackles in 11 games, and he only started nine of those. Then went second team All-SEC in 21, leading them with three interceptions because you stop throwing it at a guy like that when you see him do something like that. 13 In 13 starts, 60 tackles this year, uh, five tackles for a loss, Five pass breakups. Then they I, then they wanted to try him again, I guess. I guess they thought it was a fluke. And now he recorded a record, uh, a record uh, six interceptions last year and returned another three of them things for picks again this year. And I seen two of them live. <laughs> again, I didn't even know he had this many. Um, and he was first team All-American, all-conference. He led at 46 tackles, 10 pass break, 16 pass breakups. Uh, in 12 starts, and again, uh, which is a college football record, six interceptions returned. That's the most for anybody in a college football career. And again, he left out as a junior because you strike while the iron is hot, sir, because they already stopped throwing at you one year after your freshman year. But again, you had to play again. So I think Emmanuel Forbes, somebody going to get this man a, a first round. He will get took in the first round. If if at least two corners, three corners go in the first round, which I do think two or three corners going to go, he could be a back-end first-round pick 
or he will be the first defensive back off the board in the second round. Maybe the first defensive player. I think this kid has first-round talent. Again, 166, you can put this man on the NFL weight program. They get the rookie training, and by week one, he can be 175. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think I don't think the size is a problem, and I don't think any of that's going to – size isn't going to affect him. And, again, the ball skills are unmatched. He even went to say he had the best ball skills out of all the players in the draft, receivers and cornerbacks. I'm not going to go that far, but he better than some receivers, and he has the best ball skills in the draft by far. And that's not no knock on any of these other guys who have elite ball skills. This kid has next-level ball skills. He either is picking the ball or breaking the ball up. You know what I'm saying? Like, But, again, when your team not that good, you don't get talked about. And then when you go away in 166, it kind of scares team away. But somebody's going to take this kid in the back end of the first round, and they're going to get them. Smith. It's going to sound crazy. My comp, when I was watching him play, and it, but you have to go back and watch this guy's tape his rookie year. And listen, this is not the Hall of Fame guy because he's about to be Hall of Famer, but Darrell Revis. Go back and watch Darrell Revis' rookie year and just go watch the technique he played with and go watch some Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he's going to be Darrell Revis. Again, you got to go put that work in. We know who Darrell Revis was. He's one of my top two favorite corners all time. So, yeah, this is, you feel me? This is this is high praise for him. But, again, you got to put that work in to be that. But this guy has tremendous technique. And, again, great ball skills, high football IQ. He's just, he's just only 166 pounds. And that scares teams away. You see teams are – Bryce Young potentially won't go round one, pick one, or pick two because he's small. So, you don't think a corner will fall for that reason even more. But, yeah, I think this is – um. He's an interesting guy, but yeah, Emmanuel Forbes, I, I had to give him a shout out. I think he's going to be a hell of a talent to whoever go ahead and take that chance on him. And then a guy that I had no clue of him, but I had to go put some tape on him because he impressed me at the combine. It's Corey Trice Jr. out of Purdue. Six foot four, six foot three, depending on who you're talking to, 206 pounds. And he tested well, 447, which. You would say it's slow now, but at six foot three, six foot four, I don't mind a four four seven. Uh eleven inch broad jump, three thirty-five inch vertical, and put up seventeen reps at the bench. And again, you probably could be like, I could put him at safety. But nah, he's not a great tackler, but he's really good in coverage and he's really good in press man or press zone. But I think if you put him in press zone or just a zone scheme, I think he can be a really good corner. He looked really good at the combine. He showed good hips. He didn't have tight hips to be that tall. He played low to he had a low base. Now, I think he can be a, a, a late round dude. He can play special teams. Um, like I said, he can definitely play special teams, but you can get this guy anywhere from I'm gonna say fourth round to the sixth round. And I think you put him on special teams, you develop them, and hell, you know, you throw him out there a few games this rookie year, you never know. But you you can't again with all you can't coach height and you can't coach speed. And they and he got a little bit of both at six foot four. So I definitely think that's impressive. So, yeah, Troy, I mean, not Troy, Corey Trice J. Aura, corner out of Purdue. Um, and now we're going to get to the safeties. Sidney Brown, which is the twin brother, Chase Brown, who I was talking about earlier as well, 5'11", uh, 211. He impressed me really much at the combine. Um, played really well, 4'47", 40-inch vertical at 5'11", 5'10", my bad. 40 and a half inch vertical, 10 10 broad jump. And again, bro, him and his brother, physical. 23, 23 reps on the bench. 
I like me. I like physical players, man. I, I like people who are strong. I'm not super strong, but I like strong people, bro. Like I like you feel me. You need to be able to take some of this. I'm just especially when you're talking about NFL or just for the position you're playing. Not all positions got to be strong, but again, my safety. Yeah, I need you to have some physicality. And yeah, he's a a very good guy, very good player. Um, first team All Big Ten this season. Uh, was tied for third in college. Uh, with six interceptions as well. 59 tackles, 3-4 loss, and a sack. He can play hang high, free safety. He can come down and play strong. He can play in the box. He blitzes a little. Obviously, he got a sack. And he had like seven quarterback hurry. So, again, he's a timely blitzer. Um, and he's been a starter there since his freshman year. So, again, a guy who's getting repetitions. I like guys with reps. His brother transferred in. But I told I like guys who play football, man, get some experience. But, again, this guy could be a, a second, third-round pick and potentially be a day-one starter on your team. So, Sidney Brown out of Illinois, the, the, the Brown twins are are going to be on the field near you. And they're potentially two starters in the NFL, day-one starters. Um, and then the other safety I'm going to go with, uh, last and definitely not least, Jason Taylor II, no relation to uh, Jason Taylor, the uh, – Defensive end went to go check. He actually has a son that's in high school right now. Plays at uh St. Thomas Aquinas. No, no, my apologies. Played at St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a tight end at LSU right now as a freshman. My bad. But yeah, that's this is Jason Taylor II. No relation out of Oklahoma State. Um, I watched a lot of Oklahoma State fans. I'm a fan of their quarterback, uh, Spencer Sanders. And uh, this guy was popped out on defense again. They don't play a lot of defense in the Big Twelve. I like to make sure I say that a lot. They don't play a lot of defense in the Big 12 uh, at all. <laughs> but this guy uh, made some plays in that in the Big 12. And uh, six foot, 204 pounds. So, again, bigger, big, big, not big, but bigger safety, size-wise needed. Uh, ran a 4.5, which is not bad at all. That's about the average time for safeties right now. Any of the guys that run fasters are just freaks. But a 43-inch vertical, 10-9 broad jump, 14 reps on the bench. I wish you could have gave me a little more. But, again, explosive player. Um, and he had six interceptions last season. You know what I'm saying? He took the ball away as well. Six interceptions. And he also had 99 tackles. 80 of them were solo. So, again, a, a very, very good football player. And um, I think this dude can be a, a third or fourth round pick. And, uh, again, can be a, 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 a player that plays in these teams who run with three safeties. Because you got that safety who comes down and play your nickel. He can come in and get some reps at safety until he can develop and be a starter. But uh, I definitely think he has some value. He kind of could similar when you watch the tape, like Jesse Bates a little bit, who's a free agent right now. Uh, very good ball skills and can come up and tackle. Um, not scared to hit and can do a little bit of covering as well, but is much more of a hang high safety. Um, again, Jason Taylor, their second, no relation. And um, again, obviously we know all of the big dogs of the draft, but those are just some guys that I think you want to go on and keep your eye out for. Uh, you know what I'm saying? When do you feel me? When the when the draft come around, them some names that might pop out later in the later rounds that might catch your attention now, and you'll know you got you a good one. Because those are some talented guys who definitely earned themselves some money in the draft this year. And I guess I am gonna take a little quick intermission. That took that was a little more than I thought. But y'all already know what it is. I'm about to take a quick little break, finish sipping on this tea, and roll me a J, and I'll be back after these messages to bring in the world podcast. 
Yo, yo, welcome back, y'all. Thank y'all for staying tuned in to your boy. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast. If you're just tuning in, and I'm your host, D. Wood. In here, Dolo, no big chain, man. Government official business. You know how that go. But it's all good, man. I know we're going to keep this party going. We're going to switch over to the NFL, man. And um, the offseason has been rather interesting, man. Y'all already know we talked about Lamar Jackson yesterday, so I ain't going to get too deep into Lamar. But we'll talk about some other cuts that we didn't talk about. Because, again, free agency starts on Sunday. And some of it starts a little bit early. And, again, Orlando Brown is officially going to hit that market from the Chiefs. Uh, Frank Clark got cut already. Um, and I think both of those guys are going to have a solid market out there. Champions as well. Um, definitely going to have a high market for both of those guys. Um, obviously, as my Titans looking for a tackle, I wouldn't mind investing in Orlando Brown. We need a tackle. That way we don't draft one. We can draft a skill player. But, you know, that's just wishful thinking. Um, who else got cut? Oh, Ben uh, uh, Byron Jones got cut, obviously, with, you know, him coming out saying what he said. We don't even know if he's going to continue to um, play or not. So that's kind of a, an interesting thing, though. But Byron Jones was cut. Adam Thielen was released as well, which I thought was was very interesting. But I, I understand how this goes. This is a business. And, again, with C.J. Osborne coming on and, you know what I'm saying, him getting a little bit older, you free up a little bit of cap space. And um, you free up a little bit of cap space. So that that's how that works. You know what I'm saying? But, again, my Titans, we just released Ben Jones. Obviously, we released Taylor Lewan. So that's two of our starters. We didn't re-sign Nate Davis yet. We didn't tag him either. So that's three of our starters. Uh, we got Petit Friere. It really is the only guaranteed starter because we, we rotated a left guard all last year. Uh, Aaron Brewer played there a little bit. And uh, Dale, Tank Dale played there a little bit. We had a rotating door at left guard. So we're going to have a whole new offensive line coming into this next season. Uh, so uh, our GM has his work cut out for him. <laughs> Welcome to the Titans. But, again, he comes from uh, the Niners background, a good, good, good building that's good at getting it built, foundation from the ground up. So I do trust that we will be handling business right. But uh, definitely – we uh we sliced down we sliced up a lot of players man and uh it's just kind of uh crazy but again you know this is how the game goes so I ain't like tripping but man I, I want to see what we do and how we revamp this thing as well you know a bunch of rumors I ain't seen nothing super super official that Derrick Henry being shot but um you know it, it it you know we'll see we we'll definitely will see but um we gonna see again I'm not sure what we gonna do at pick eleven we could use the offense alignment. We can use a, another playmaker out wide, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver. <laughs> we can use another corner. You know what I'm saying? We can use a middle linebacker. I like our, our pass rush. I like our front line. We can use a middle linebacker. So, you know, I feel like we got a couple choices we can use to to take, uh you know, to take steps to in the right direction. But we will see exactly what we do. But um some other things. The Dolphins picked up Tua's uh, fifth-year option, so he's going to get 23 mil this year, and he gets one more year to do his thing, which kind of, you know, closes the door on maybe the Lamar Jackson, or does it? We never know. But the Dolphins also restructured three players' contracts, Tariq Hill, uh, Tariq Armstead, and Bradley Chubb, all restructured their contract and opened up $44 million of free cap money to go spend. But obviously they do need another, they need a strong safety. They could use another corner now that Byron Jones is gone. 
and they could use a middle linebacker as well. And it's going to be some of those players hitting the market at every position because this is going to be a very, very busy free agency this year. Uh, and, and I think it's going to start early. But, again, the Dolphins are making moves, man. And I think that's going to be uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that turns out. Definitely want to see what they're going to do over there. But um, they definitely got a lot of things going on. And um, the Cardinals, uh, they came out and said they opened the trade and pick three, which kind of makes sense, though, anyway. Because, you know what I'm saying, y'all need – I got a lot of things y'all need. You know what I'm saying? Y'all need just one player. You can trade back a little bit. You know, you don't got to trade back far, but just trade back a little bit, get you some more picks, some depth, maybe come up on a player or two to help help build the roster up, you know, and, and get the coach, get, you know, and get these guys ready. Because, again, no Kyler Murray, so you're definitely going to need some more help. You got to figure out who's going to be the quarterback for in the meantime, in the between time. You're going to still want a good team around because when Kyler do come back, you want this team to be competitive. So it definitely makes sense to open trade pick, trade back from pick three. And I think that would uh that would definitely be cool. Um, the Chiefs uh, expect to resign Juju Smith Schuster as well. Um, I think he definitely played well for him. He definitely showed up um, in the Super Bowl for sure as well. He played really really well. And again, when he gets to be that number two receiver, you got some ballers around him. He can make some plays, and he definitely showed he was worth it. And uh, he definitely made some plays. Uh, and you know potentially be getting resigned. And now it'd be him. There is Tony, you know what I'm saying, and Valdez Scanlon. That's going to be the – and Sky Moore. You walk them guys out. That's a nice receiving core right there. You still got the little dude Watson back there who play from time to time. I think they could use another tight end to go behind Kelsey because Father Tom undefeated. But Kelsey going to play a little bit longer, but still you want to get you a guy developed there because you still got Mahomes at quarterback. So you still want to protect your investment and continue to get him weapons and get ready to develop somebody. So – depending on how free agency goes, because there are some good tight ends and stuff in free agency. Like Mike Gesicki's going to hit the open market. Uh, I think that would be, you know, yeah, interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, 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 definitely. Again, I'm not going to get into Lamar, man. Uh, but the Jets are definitely still trying to get A-Rod. I do think that's that's very interesting. They're they confident. Again, you've seen Sauce Gardner video burning the cheese head. Um, if you haven't, yeah, he – he was kicking it with the teammates. They burned the cheese head to let Aaron Rodgers know it's, it's peace over here. We ready for you to come. And Aaron Rodgers just spoke with um, we just spoke with the with the higher ups to tell them he wanted to go talk to him about a trade. So I think this is going to get closer and closer to happening. Still ain't nothing set in stone, but you know if the price is right, they just might. Again, they're ready to play Jordan Love, and I think you know we spent a first round pick on the quarterback. And I'd only spend a first-round pick. You trade up and give compensation to go up and get a quarterback. I do think you need to give this kid a chance before, you know, so you can really get a chance to evaluate him and you not really get a fair assessment on yourself and on him. And that would just be a waste to pick, which we already kind of felt like it was. But, again, I think the A-Rod to the Jets is becoming much more realistic uh, day by day. So we will see. And then uh, – Cardinals also interested in trading their third pick. They're also interested in trading D-Hop. They field an offers, and I do think they'll trade them. I do think, you know, they're trying to make some room on the cap because they, you know, again, it's new coach, new regime. Hey, some of these guys I don't need. They don't fit the scheme. Contract's too high. I got guys I want to bring in, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know how that works. But definitely D-Hop got a lot of gas in the tank. I, I, injuries have happened. He got hurt this year. He only played in seven games, but in seven games he had 700 yards and five touchdowns. So he's still D-hop. 
when healthy. So I definitely think there's a market for him, and I do think if he is traded, he will yeah, get you a third-round pick for him, maybe even a second if it's, you feel me, somebody feeling desperate. But D-Hop being available is is definitely a good, and the championship contender should definitely think about investing in, in D-Hop because he could definitely be a get-you-over-the-hump type player. Um, oh, yeah, and the NFL disciplines the Texans uh, for um, – cap uh infractions and basically what they did was they were paying for deshaun watson to go to a gym to train and this was during the covid season and you know nobody was allowed to be out and you know because the facilities were closed down they just wanted to try to find a way to put him keep him getting work but obviously they you know found out about it now and find them some money and some picks uh a fifth round pick and 175k just a little up, no stop, catting. <laughs> so you know, pockets a little bit lighter. So you know, it is what it is over there. And then, um, speaking of pockets a little lighter, this guy's pockets a little bit better. Colton McClivitz, uh gets a two-year contract extension from the Niners, and they saying he gonna compete um with the right for the right tackle job if McGlinchey leaves for free agency. So that means they'll probably either not sign anybody or they're gonna draft a, a rookie. Or some young dude that, that they can develop and they're going to let them battle it out. And then if you don't, you got a nice contract as a backup. And then if you end up being starter, you guys, you, you know, you're getting some decent money. We got you on the cheap for at least this season and next season. So it's a win-win for the Niners. And that's not, and that's not nothing we ain't used to right now. The Niners been on point with everything they've been on right now, obviously, other than, you know, getting to the Super Bowl in the big game. But as far as like the team success, the drafting, the way the organization is running things, the trading, the signs. They 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 just been they've been they've been on point and I don't knock that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And again, they were awarded three third round picks um in the complimentary in the not complimentary, compens compen comp picks. There we go. I'm gonna just leave it like that. Comp pick. But they compensatory picks in the draft. And it's like free picks for doing certain things. And one thing they always do is get coaches and GMs that are minorities hired on other teams. And your team get free picks for that. And Frisco got three in the third. They also got one in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh. And um, the Raiders got them one in the sixth and one in the fifth. So Vegas got a couple picks. Oh, two in the fifth. So the Vegas got them some picks as well. To um, you know, compensation, you know, yeah, comp picks for uh, doing good deeds in the league, and I think that was pretty dope. So, again, the Niners always doing good deeds to get f free stuff, and I hate it because my team don't be on point. But we did hire somebody from them, so you know, bada boop, bada bam, ba bam. But uh, yeah, nah, I, I do think um, I do think it's uh, it's uh, interesting though. Them comp, them, them comp picks is, is definitely interesting. And I don't understand why teams don't try to take advantage of those one more. Like, we giving y'all picks for doing good deeds. And there's a few teams on here. But I just be talking about, you know, certain teams, our teams. And ours is about the people, Raiders, Niners, Titans. But, yeah, we ain't, my Titans ain't on here. I'm, I'm looking hard. <laughs> we ain't on here. I feel like everybody on here but us. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> But, uh, mm -mm, no. And then, uh, the Jets, uh, traded for Chuck Clark, safety from the Ravens. Again, uh, they, they know they needed some, some defensive back help. Well, safety help for, for sure. They needed safety help. And he's a, a very good safety, a leader. 
And I think he's going to help out, make an immediate impact. He can play in the box as well as a sub linebacker, very physical, cover backs out the backfield, tight end. So I do think he, he's going to help them guys out instantly. Um, and again, free agency, free agency start on Sunday, y'all, at 10 a.m. 10 in the morning on Sunday. People can start signing with teams, negotiating with teams. You know what I'm saying? And again, some of these dudes, like like Big Chase said, I don't know if he said it on air if that was off the air. Like some of these dudes are gonna sign before it already got deals done behind the scenes right now with teams. And as soon as free agency starts, they're gonna hurry up and sign to get on to get that money. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely think this is going to be a very fun free agency. It's a lot of talented dudes that's going to be in this free agency. Again, Adam Thielen just got cut. Levante David got cut. Michael Kendricks got cut. I mean, Eric Kendricks got cut. My apologies. Eric Kendricks got cut. Like, it's some real ballers in the free agency. <laughs> Technically, Lamar Jackson is in the free agency. Like, <laughs> this is going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting to see. Where these players go where? Because this is the type of fantasy where you could shift some power in your division if you got some paper. And there's some teams with some bread out there who can make some things happen. And I'm interested to see what teams do what. And I'm also interested to see where Jimmy go. Because this team's eyeing Jimmy. And Raiders, Raiders, Panthers, Texans are are very interested. Obviously, the Texans with D'Amico. I can see him definitely having him as a backup QB for at least a year or two um, just to help out just in case, you know. I definitely think. Jimmy got some good football left. Obviously, injury is the only thing that, you know, is uh is 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 uh that's that's questionable. But again, behind a good line, you know, he he shows he can play. And I think that's why these teams are all interested. I do think they're all interested in rookies too, but it ain't nothing wrong with if your rookie ain't ready, Jimmy Garoppolo can hold you down for a season or two until your rookie is ready to play. So I, I'm definitely Interested to see the market on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm interested to see where A-Rod goes. Um, you know, and I, I wonder if a team going to take a chance on Lamar Jackson. The Ravens is betting that they won't. And I think that's pretty that's pretty interesting. But I, And another guy I want to see where he's going to go. C.J. Uh, Garner-Johnson. The Eagles didn't franchise tag him or nothing. You don't let a guy like that walk out the building. He's a playmaker. And he showed that in New Orleans and with y'all. And I, I think he's going to make him some money out there on that market. I think that's why they was doing it. I feel like the Eagles is blowing this thing up, bro. They let everybody walk. They even gave Darius Slay permission to seek a trade. It's it's mainly over there in Philly, but everybody just asking for trades right now. Everybody's shifting it. I don't know though, but I think Darius Slay want more money though, and they told him, "Nah, we just paid you. We just gave you a deal, and you got here." But you know, some people feel like they outplay their deal after a year or two. So you know, I ain't hating. I'm always for the player because I'm a player, so I'm always for him. So get your money, black man. If they don't trade you to the Titans, shit, I want everybody on. Not everybody on the Titans, but players that could help us. So, but yeah, no, definitely. Zendarius Smith just asked for a trade. Like you just got to the Vikings this year, bro. You already asked for a trade, but <laughs> but nah, it's like um, you know what I'm saying? Like that don't make no sense. You had a chance to sign with the Ravens, bro. You should sign with the Ravens then. But then you opted out of that to go sign with the with the Vikings, and now you want out. And I think that's because you see all the turnover. They're cutting a lot of players. They cut Cam Dantzler as well. So I definitely think, think players is, like, looking. They're like, man, what is y'all what is y'all trying to do? What are y'all going to do? Like, man, this don't feel like y'all still trying to win. This look like we going in the – like, y'all just was – like, like, everybody was trying to get one-hit wonder. I felt like that's what it looked like the Eagles was doing to me right now. That's what it looks like they have done. We're not re-signing anybody but Brandon Graham, who's been there since the first Super Bowl, so I can see why you re him to a one-year deal. 
but you let everybody else walk out the door, you don't resign anybody. I'm I'm not sure if they like it feels like like I said they was just trying to go for a, a one trick pony and hit get a little quick ring and get done with the thing, but it didn't work out all the way like that. They got very close, didn't work out like that. But we're gonna see how this offseason goes for them. And uh, and uh, the last thing I want to talk about before I get up out of here though, Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. He said he's fully healthy and he's gonna hold a workout for teams on Friday. And this, uh, yeah, Friday. No, not Friday. Saturday. My apologies. Oh, no. No, I was right as hell. Today. Yes, he's going to hold a workout today. In Arizona, four teams. And the thing is, he's a true free agent like Derek Carr. So he can, if he go out there and impress at his workout in Arizona on, uh, on today, he can sign with a team right then and there for a deal. He don't got to wait till Sunday. If he ain't, you feel me, he's cut. He's not on the team. He's a free agent. So anybody that's cut already. They don't gotta wait till Sunday. They can sign somewhere else, but teams gotta wait till Sunday to talk to you now. But because Derek Carr was released before the new league year, he in the dough. So, and it's the same thing, same thing with him now. So I do think this is gonna, you know, y'all, it's free agency gonna be jumping, as you can, as you can see, as you can see. And I think Odell Beckham, we gonna see what he got left. He looked good on the Rams, man. Again, the injuries just suck, but. If if anybody can do it again and recover, man, who's like a workout warrior, it's him. It's OBJ, and um, I'm betting on him. But again, Patrick Peterson, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Jimmy Ward. It's a lot of free agents out here, man. Nate Davis, um, Jacoby Brissett. It's gonna be some guys out here. It's gonna be some decent players that can help out your team. Um, Rockison, Von Bell. Uh, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of talented dudes out here. Um, and a sneaky good one, though, Drew Tranquil from the Chargers. If I think he's going to get him a nice little payback from somebody. He's going to be a hell of a player as well. My boy Marcus Peters is going to be on the market. I think he's got a, still got a nice little market. I think he got at least a good two, three years left in him so he can play some good football. Um, a lot of good running backs. Miles Sanders is one of those guys as well. It's going to be a good good free agency. And I, I think, um, you know, if your team is in need of positions, it's definitely – it's definitely positions out there that you can, you feel me, do your thing with. Oh, damn, breaking news right now. Devin McCourty just retired. The other, the last of the McCourties, he just retired from the Patriots. I guess that's why he was on Good Morning Football last week, getting his practice on, because he finna get ready to go to TV as well. But, man, great career, 13-year career for Devin McCourty. Super Bowl, two, two three-time Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowl player. Great career. Shout out to McCourty, man. Good, good career, bro. And you got to win a Super Bowl with your twin. That's that's one of one. So I think this is going to be crazy, though. But free agency going to be a blast. Again, come Thursday next week, we're going to have some winners and losers of free agency already. And this will just be the first wave. So, so you know, for myself, D. Wood, Che will be back. He'll be back next week. Again, we got big things coming in the future. Stay tuned, man. The summer is awesome. The summers is Capricornical production. We're taking over the summer. We're going to have all kind of jumping, all kind of content popping. Stay tuned. We got the, I got the YouTube together now. I'm going to give you all the information on the YouTube so y'all can just have it stored so when I start dropping the content. Because I'm going to start dropping some visuals and bringing the wood. So, And I'm going to start doing it on Twitch and everything. So I got some stuff coming. I can give y'all some, you feel me? So you can start looking up bringing the wood podcast on these other platforms and stuff like that because it's going, it's going down. And you feel me? And Camper Chronicle Productions on, on you feel me on stuff because 
got some things popping in the future, man. So stay tuned. Keep your ears to the streets. Again, happy Friday, everybody. Enjoy your Friday. If it's raining in your city, yeah, stay dry and stay warm. And then if it ain't, enjoy your day. Love, live life in Tupac. I love peace and head grease. Whatever you, whatever you need to succeed. It's your boy D-Wood. And y'all know what I do on this show. I just brought the wood. Peace.